Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are working on episode number 30. Don's calling in from his basement. Stan and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio and uh, excited about working on episode number 30 of Coach Prep. First off, we want to talk about our presenting sponsor, Cleated Up FP. Cleated Up is the communication tool that you need. It's an app for your phone that will solve all your communication issues. So player to player, coach to player, team to team within an organization, has a very nice social media aspect to it. The one thing we keep hearing over and over again is it is absolutely a one-stop shop for team communication. If you use it, you won't be needing to use anything else. And that's C-L-E-A-T-E-D-U-P, right? Correct. Cleated 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 up, up, F-P, and it's cleatedup.com is their website. So check them out and uh, let us know what you think. Don, what I want us to talk about today from a coaching perspective is managing the impact or the potential impact of players being recognized as individuals in team sport. And so there's lots of different levels that I think that this can happen at and lots of different ways that it can have an impact uh, positively or negatively, depending upon what we do as coaches. But I keep noticing on uh, Facebook, there's several different organizations that are naming like the all whatever team, you know, you know, top 500 players in the class of 2021 and the top 500 players in the class of 2022. And that kind of made me think about it. But also at the smaller level or the more specific level, you know, teams that select an MVP or a most valuable player or outstanding defensive player, or whatever that might be, preseason all-conference or preseason all-American or postseason awards and just how all those things kind of can impact a team because whether we want to readily admit it or not, for every time that a player gets recognized and somebody on that team is happy for them or proud for them, there's also going to be somebody who's a little bit jealous or a little bit uh, envious. A little animosity there. I know it's uh, it's one of those things that's tough, but I think the point today is that we talked about how to manage it. Is that right? Right. And so for our uh, as coaches, so we start to recognize this is a potential hurdle. And we want to believe, I think, as coaches, we always want to you know, kind of go through our lives with uh, these kind of rose-colored glasses on, thinking that all our players are so nice, or all our families are so supportive, and you know they're all one big happy family, and everybody gets along, and everybody's you know pulling the rope in the same direction, and all that stuff. And in some cases, I think there's a certain level of truth to that. But I've also seen a lot of situations over the course of my career where one player uh, stands out, you know, gets recognized at different levels for, you know, different accomplishments, um, and it does create animosity. It does create a little bit of jealousy within a team. No, I think, you know, we've all seen it many times, and being able to navigate it, and you don't want to take some of those accomplishments away from anybody, but to uh, to kind of make sure that, that it's presented in a good way and so forth, I think, is part of the magic. Right. Well, and, and, you know, just over the course of my career, there's been a handful of times uh, where I think our team has been and was negatively impacted because of that undercurrent of, well, why did she get recognized? Why is she getting all the attention? Why is everybody, you know, interested in her versus people being proud for that or happy for their teammate? And I think that the, the human nature aspect of it is something that we want to make sure that we're always thinking about. And, and first off, from us as, a, as coaches, you know, recognizing that every time a player has individual accomplishments and is recognized individually, while it's exciting and we're always happy for that player, we have to always be aware of the fact that there can be the flip side to it. And so I think our, our first challenge as coaches is to just make sure that we do take off those rose-colored glasses 
And when it's the time of the year when people are going to start to get recognized, you know, for example, you know, last uh, couple of weeks, a uh, team that I help with that I'm you know familiar with, I've seen about you know eight of the players on that roster be recognized by different travel ball publications as being you know top 100, top 500, top whatever you know players in their graduating class. It's nice for those players, and I think you you know you mentioned Don that you know we we want to allow them to be happy and, and excited about the fact that they've been recognized as a talented player. But if you've got 12 kids on your roster and only eight kids are getting recognized, what does that mean for the other four? No, there's no doubt about that. And again, I think that's kind of why we work hard and when we do things so that we can be recognized in many different ways. But when those awards come about, um, I'm always excited that when they do get interviewed or when they are presented with that award, that one of the things that they make note of is that they're surrounded by excellent athletes that had helped put them in a place where they could be recognized, you know, by um, making it deeper into tournaments or, again, by being a part of a, a group that does finish well all the time. And without that, they wouldn't be recognized otherwise. So I like when those players kind of put it back on the team and make it be known that they are uh, thankful to be around other athletes like them. Right. And obviously in our sport, you know, the quote unquote press that, uh, that we have to deal with is going to be the social media type stuff. It's going to be the flow softball or the fast pitch world or, uh, you know, Justin's world of softball or whatever these different sites are that are doing these different levels of recognition and naming players of the year and, and things like that. But I think the reality of it is that trying to understand that those honors are a reflection of what everybody's doing. The team recognition comes because of you know, m- you know many individuals contributing. Team success almost always contributes to some of the recognition that players get. You know, the years that I've had players recognized as all region or all league or player of the year or whatever was always because we were having really successful seasons. Now, is it a chicken or the egg thing? I'm not always sure. A really good example, I think, of a coach having to deal with it on a much higher, much uh, bigger level. And again, not to jump from sport to sport, but a couple of years ago, uh, University of Alabama had, you know, the quote unquote, uh, you know, quarterback controversy of the ages. You know, where they had uh, Jalen Hurts, who was very successful um, and had helped them win a national championship, was replaced in a, you know, very uh, famous way by Tua Tunga Vailoa. For the next year, you had this uh, quarterback battle between two guys that between them had lost like a game in their entire right. college careers. And the press, you know, continually picking at Nick Saban about trying to create a quarterback controversy, trying to stir up, trying to, I guess, create some jealousy. You know, to both players' credit, they always came off as being team first. What's good for the team is what we're really after. You know, we love each other. We respect each other. We, you know, we're competing with each other. But, uh, you know, we want, want both to be successful to the point where at a press conference one day, Nick Saban got you know irate because he basically said, you're asking me to tell you that I don't respect a player when I respect them both completely. And you're trying to make me say something disrespectful about a player when I love them both immensely. And you know, very frustrated because he could see that human nature of the situation was to try to create some controversy and try to you know stir the pot a little bit. And so I think that uh, the lesson for us as coaches is that we need to always be aware of the fact that some people might be trying to stir that pot. Absolutely. And, and, no, and even though it, for us uh, on the softball world, it's not going to be that there's two newspapers 
you know, competing for a headline, trying to get us to say something that's going to get them a big hot take on ESPN. But it might be, you know, two different parents of kind of competing situations where they both want their child to be recognized. To your point there, Tori, is that with the Alabama scenario, without managing that well, they might not have won some right. of their championships right after that. And that's the same for us at a different level, right. is creating that comfortable environment between the parents that, uh, you know, that will allow us to travel further in a tournament and do better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing about it, I think, is if we're, if we're proactive on these kinds of things, understand that human nature is what it is and that parents are going to always be thinking about what's in their child's best interest, number one. That's you know, always going to be the way it is. And so we, we start to do some work on the front end to soften the quote-unquote impact of, you know, who was the MVP or, you know, trying to, you know, make sure that we're showing that we value all the players within our program consistently, that we're doing a lot of things to recognize, you know, all of them on a regular basis. You know, one of the things that we used to do that I really enjoyed and, and I thought was a, a really good tool to help offset some of the potential jealousy within a team something we called what I liked. And so at the end of every practice or every game, we would go around the room and everybody got to talk about what they liked that day. And so it gave each player an opportunity to say something about a teammate or about a coach um, that was positive and was upbeat. And it just sort of became a, a daily tradition of pointing out all the different things that different people were contributing. You know, and, and sometimes it would you know, keep coming back to the same person would get recognized a handful of times on a specific day, but also allowed them the opportunity to show you know, their teammates um, how much respect they did have for each other and how much they were noticing the things that were happening. And I think that bred a lot more of a um, cohesiveness and a lot more camaraderie amongst the kids so that um, even though they knew that at the end of the year, you know, somebody might get recognized as being an all-conference player or a team MVP to, over the course of the entire season, it kept everybody in check a little bit. So instead of thinking about who's getting the recognition, they all got a chance to be recognized at different times for different things. Tori, I really like that. I think that's awesome. I know uh, many times we kind of assume that the people around us are appreciative of the things and the efforts that we put forth. But if we get a chance just for a few minutes, like you said, at the end of a practice or workout to actually verbalize it and, and do that, I think that uh, some that might go unrecognized often get a chance to be thanked and and to uh you know to have that good feeling as well i think that's great or right. awesome right well and i think that what it also does is it it gives value to everybody on the roster the reality of it is you know just really simple if you're playing in a competitive environment you know whether it's school ball or college ball or high level travel ball or whatever it is every player is not the same and everybody's not as valuable I mean, you know, just the reality of it is yeah. there are going to always be some kids that their contribution is greater or more noticeable or more impactful. It's just how it is. You know, you, your third best position player is less likely to have as much of an impact as your best pitcher. And if you're winning a lot and your best pitcher is winning a lot of games, she's inherently going to get more recognition. You know, I think by doing some things like uh, what I like is a way to make sure that uh, some of those other things don't get lost in the shuffle and that we do you know, share the wealth a little bit and allow the, the players to all feel like they're being recognized. Everybody likes to be patted on the back. Everybody likes to be told they're doing a good job, get a little baby every once in a while. And I think that this is a way for it to be very meaningful 
because uh, it allows the the players to, you know, as you said, verbalize, you know, their their feelings and and recognizing the different things that other people are contributing. No, I like it, and the reason we're talking about it is so that uh, all the coaches that might be listening and players too can understand a little bit better the impact that managing that aspect has. Right. If you just put your head in the sand and think that everybody's going to be happy just because they should be, right? <laughs> without you know, without understanding that no way you know we can avoid it. And it might even be that a player is happy for her teammate, but when she gets in the car and she's got to listen to, well, I don't know why she got picked. She's no better than you are. She doesn't uh, isn't that much better of a player than you are. Um, you know, kind of thing because mom and dad are a little bit frustrated um, or boyfriend's, uh, you know, upset or, you know, the player's a little bit upset. And then somebody, instead of, you know, being the voice of reason kind of piles on and throws a little bit more gas on the fire. So if you, if you have a player who gets in the car and she's smoldering a little bit because, you know, she felt like she should have been the MVP of that game. You know, I've seen, uh, even at the rec ball level that will, you know, have a little, you know, cupcake or a ribbon or something for the player of the game kind of thing. And I'm sure even at that level, we'll still have a little bit of jealousy or a little bit of frustration. For us as, as parents and coaches, if we understand that you know, we can help resolve it or we can make it worse, you know, let's start thinking about how we can make, you know, make it better and how we can help resolve it. And so you know, sometimes I think it's hard if our child is upset because they think they didn't get the recognition that they deserve to be the voice of reason and be able to say, well, but you know, Sally did go four for four. You did great, sweetheart. I love, you know, I love how hard you played. You did a really good job. And, and you know, you, you did have a couple of big hits. But, you know, Mary was three for three and she hit two home runs and she drove in nine runs. That's pretty outstanding. Maybe that deserves some recognition. And I know it's, it, it kind of goes against human nature, but I think we're asking people to go against human nature a little bit. Tori, this coaching stuff is supposed to be easy, isn't it? Well, it's supposed to be, um, but you know, and, and but honesty, I think, is one of those things that sometimes you know it, it really uh, easy concept to throw around. You know, we should just be honest with the players all the time. I've had kids come into my office, want to know why they don't play, and it's hard sometimes to you know just sit down and have to give them the gut check reality. You know, sweetheart, you're the 21st best player on our roster. Well, what do you right. mean? Why? Because they'll come in. Well, what do I need to do to be the starting shortstop? Well, you need to be better than 18 <laughs> players, and right now you're not. And now you try to say it as nicely as you can. You try to, you know, to present it as positively as as you can. But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes the truth is the truth, and and the reality is the reality. And so when we're talking about awards, well, I don't know why she was an All-American. I had just as good a year as she did. Well, okay, did you really? You know, you yeah. had a great year. You were outstanding. And we talked about, you know, the reason we're having this discussion is we're talking about three players that were three of the greatest hitters in the history of college softball, all trying to coexist on the same team at the same time. When all and three they, of them thought that they were pretty darn good. I was going to say, and they can only give one and, and it's uh, evaluated through many eyes. Right. Thing that, you know, just kind of sums this up for me, I guess, kind of best way to wrap it up is, you know, we want to be able to create in our players the kind of attitude and honesty with themselves to be able to look at it. So as I was driving in today, listening to uh, Jenny Dalton Hill flat out say, you know, there were times when they were on the team together that, you know, that they weren't best friends, that, you know, that she wanted to be better than Laura Espinosa, that she wanted to get you know, more recognition, that she wanted people to think of her as being the best hitter ever. She had to vote for Laura Espinosa in the contest to advance instead of herself, because at the end of the day, it's like, but realistically, Maybe right. she was a little bit better than me. 
if you know somebody who's still, I think, in the top five all time for home runs in college softball can have that you know moment of reflection and be honest with herself, hopefully we can start to instill that in in all the players that we're working with. And sometimes if we're honest with them, I think that's a good tool. I think if we do things that allow them to all be recognized on a regular basis so that who got the MVP at the end of the year is not such an earth-shattering thing, I think that's another thing. And I think we just have to be aware of the fact that, you know, that all these things that we do as coaches or all these things that are involved with our team have an impact on our team. So even though it might be the local newspaper or you know, some, you know, nebulous organization or, you know, whatever it is that, that makes a decision that when, you know, as soon as something happens that a player gets recognized, it's going to have an impact and we want to make sure that we're ahead of it instead of behind it. Absolutely. I know uh, if we can manage those things, our teams are going to be so much better and stronger. And yeah. the kids learn from and how we present things, right? Right. Well, and the other thing, and again, I don't want to ever diminish a kid being recognized, but how does somebody know that they're the 152nd best player in a graduating class? Right. <laughs> and and who's who's making the those decisions and what's the metric that they're using to measure it and how are we making those decisions and all those kinds of things that factor into it? To me, some of these potential landmines that are out there for coaches to step on, you know, we just have to kind of keep it all in perspective a little bit too. This is of all of the information I've gathered, you're 152nd. Right. right? You know, and it's nice to see your name on uh, the website and to get a little bit of recognition, but uh, let's, let's not lose our minds over some of this stuff either. I mean, even when we're talking about the highest level collegiate players that are being recognized, at the end of the day, it's still uh, a lot of it is being part of a successful program, being part of a recognizable situation, being on TV, all those different things. You know, one of the things I was most proud of in, in maybe uh, all my years of coaching um, for where a player was recognized individually was when Stephanie Fisher was named All-American when I was still coaching at Tennessee Tech, because that was a situation of a player having such an amazing year and, and accomplishing so much in a situation where she had to overcome a lot of different obstacles to get there, and not the least of which being a player from a very small school that you know didn't have TV time and didn't have um, you know, that national recognition being recognized by coaches all over the country in comparison to players from Arizona and Alabama and Florida and those kinds of places. And so, but again, you know, it's up to us to instill in our players an attitude where they're uh, appreciative of the recognition that they get and that they are also being recognized on a regular basis, no matter what their role is for the contributions that they're making. And then I think if we do that, it creates an atmosphere where they truly start to be happier for each other. I'm not going to say flat out happy for each other, because I think there's always going to be a little bit of, yeah, but I wish that was me. You know, I mean, if you, if you win the lottery, I'll be happy for you, but I'm going to wish it was me. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it goes. So, Don, anything else on these all-whatever teams? No, I think that pretty much covers it. That's good. All right, so coaches, be prepared. Make sure you're thinking uh, proactively. Don't let this stuff sneak up for you. Don't let it bite you in the butt. Uh, because if you don't think that kids are going to be talking about it and parents are going to be talking about it, I think it is going to get you. So for Coach Don, this is Coach Tori and Stan, our producer in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio, saying thanks for listening to episode number 30 of Coach Prep. And again, check out our presenting sponsor, Cleated Up FP at cleatedup.com. <laughs> <laughs>